You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is episode two for season three, recapping the Star Wars Rebels episode entitled The Holocrons of Fate. If you're checking us out for the first time, I'm your co-host, Matt, the Crankster Cranky, and let me welcome in your host and creator and the coiner of phrase, the Pigeon Walker. It's Mike Cohen. What's up, Mike? <laughs> yeah, uh, it hasn't quite taken off yet. I yeah. mean, there's a couple of people I think that are uh, that are embracing it, but uh, yeah, that's okay. We'll get it there. We'll get it there. We, we, we hear you, Matt. You're, you're helping us out there. We appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, hey, we got a pretty cool episode, man. And some crazy stuff going on yes. at the end of this Holocaust hey, of Fate, man. Can we just skip right to the end of the recap? Because I mean, there's something. Uh, I, yeah, I, I really, yeah. I feel. Um, I feel a kinship with Darth Maul at the moment because there is only one thing I care about now. <laughs> there is only Dude, one thing. I know. I, it's it's so crazy, and I do want to skip to the end because we'll have a lot to talk about there. But we'll try to we'll try to get through this thing. Uh, there's actually some other good stuff in this, but man, that mm-hmm. ending! I'll tell you what, we'll get there. Yes. Uh, before we do that, just real quick, breaking down some news that we didn't get a chance to break down last week. Um, for yeah. those Rebels fans, hey, Katie Sackhoff is going to be back. She kind of let it loose at a, at a con, I guess, a few weeks ago that she's going to be back as Bo-Katan Krins. She is the sister of Satine. And I believe, Mike, the last time we saw her was helping out uh, Obi-Wan escape from the, uh, from the jail there, uh, from the cell. And um, I think that's kind of like the last, you know, the last thing we saw of her, right, in, in, in the Clone Wars? If you, if you remember right, uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, like the last last time that we saw her, yeah, was when yeah, like Obi Wan escaped and everything. Yeah, and found out that she was the sister of Satine and that whole yeah. crazy Darth Ma- Darth Maul again. There, great story with him and yeah, and how that ended up. So. Uh, <clears throat> It's cool to see her back. I mean, uh, she was kind of a fan favorite as far as that character, and she's kind of like, um, as far as an actress, she's in with the with the crowd and the uh, I guess the 
the geek culture and all of us that are in this kind yeah, of thing. Sure. She's, she's very well known. So it's cool to see her come back. And it's cool to see all these characters come back from the Clone Wars, man. It's kind of neat to see totally. that. We'll talk about another, not necessarily the Clone Wars, but we'll talk about another character coming back uh, later on. Uh, talking about some episode descriptions, um, we didn't get to that last week, but we do know the next three episodes that are coming, the Antilles Extraction, which we will talk about uh, briefly at the end of this episode. And then we also have, coming up after that, Hera's Heroes, Heroes, and The Last Battle. And there is some small uh, recaps of what you're going to see those, but we will save those for, uh, we won't spoil anybody on what's happening yeah, here, just in sure. case. But that's what's coming in the next few weeks. So if you want to see uh, what's going on, you can find that online as well. So other than that, Mike, it's just, you know, you know, progress going here with Rebels and we are all kind of in that last, yeah. you know, that last push to, to Rogue One in December. So not, yeah, a, sure. not a lot of time, not a bunch of stuff coming out, a lot of yeah. theories and this and that for episode eight, which we won't get into right now, but uh, we're just, it's that big push to Rogue, uh, Rogue One. So yeah. other than that, now, is there anything else we want to hit or I mean, well, are we just you know, going to get right into it or what? Um, no, uh, real quick. So uh-huh. last week we talked a lot about Dave Filoni and his role with uh, Star Wars Rebels mm-hmm. and his, uh, his, his title changing. Um, Dave was on Rebel Force Radio last week. Uh, and you guys, I think everybody should go check out the episode because whenever Dave is on, he usually does it about like two or three times a year. And, uh, like, he'll do it at the beginning, the midway, and then sort of towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, like, I don't I don't necessarily tune in for every episode of Rebel Force Radio. I just kind of, because there's so many podcasts now. Yeah. Um, I just kind of uh, pop in when there's, when there's sort of subject matter that I'm interested in. Um, and so if you don't listen to Rebel Force Radio, uh, I suggest, you know, whenever Dave Filoni is on, go and listen. Because he will give you so much insight um into uh into what's going on on rebels um but uh or whatever he may happen to be working on but um but if you go and you listen to that you'll hear that that he basically um is saying that that nothing has changed um that that a title's a title and that's all it is um and that uh, and that he's as involved as ever mm-hmm. um I, I also think it's a bit of a smoke screen. I, I, I do think, too. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think he went. I mean, he he generally does go on Rebel Force Radio towards the beginning of the season, but I think that you know he came on in particular to address this concern, right? So, yeah. Um, but I do think it's a bit of a smoke screen. I do think that it's like okay, so the official statement is that everything is normal. He's as involved as ever. Um, but but I think in reality there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, yeah, I still think you know especially you know you bring in what happens in some of this episode and um, man I I really feel like there's only another season or two left mm-hmm. on this show and then and then it's going to be done then we're going to be right up to to uh, a new hope. Um, and I don't know, like, if the next series will continue on with some of the same characters, or if we'll jump into a completely different series. But uh, but but I, I just get the feeling that this is this is about it. You know that hmm. that we're that we're right in that midway point. We're right in that sweet spot. Um, 
and uh, and and our characters are developing and uh, getting interesting. Um, but uh, uh, so we're kind of like right in the beginning of that Empire Strikes Back zone. Um, yeah, we're yeah. on we're on Hoth, and uh, Luke's getting hung upside down in an ice cave. That's that's basically <laughs> where we are right now. I think. Yeah. In terms yeah. of of the sort of trilogy uh, storytelling um, three act structure yeah. that we expect from Star Wars, but um, all that to say that that uh, that you know if you want to listen to what Dave Filoni has to say about. The subject you can hear that on Rebel Force Radio. You can also hear him talk a great deal about the season premiere and give some really great insight. Um, I really want to talk to him about what happens at the end of this episode, though. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing, Mike. I, I think it's the same thing. I think it is a smokescreen. I think he is already in in the process of working on something new, possibly animated. I, that's probably the um, you know the number one guess at this point that it is something animated and it's it is something to do with hopefully between episodes six and seven so you know it's tough too because those are some that's some period there when you talk about kylo ren and luke and han it's like i almost don't i almost want to see that in 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 live action form and not necessarily um animation form but if that's the only way they're going to do it then that'd that'd be that's Mm -hmm. fine but I do think he is in in for something bigger. Uh, why else would you kind of let somebody else take over and kind of, you know, it sounds like he's he's working on something else. And that's, I, I'm excited to see that because right? he's like, we've talked about, this guy has studied under Lucas for 10 plus years now. And he's shown that he has the knowledge and, and he has the passion for it. So uh, yeah, it'd be great to see him, yeah. see him do something else. So. We'll look. We'll look forward to that. Hopefully, uh, and and as far as this series goes, you could be totally right. I mean, we could be seeing the last season. I mean, look at the stuff they're bringing in with, with Thrawn, and as we'll talk about later on with next episode with Antilles coming in, and it just seems like that timeline is starting to come up to us super fast. And where you know how much, where else could we go with this? I mean, we're getting so close. So um, we'll see what happens though as this as this year goes on. Uh, other than that, what do you think, Mac? Are you ready to go? Um, well, I just want to talk about Force Friday really quick. Did oh, okay. you go out for Force Friday at all? No, no, no. I didn't get a chance to go out. No. I, I saw a lot of people getting stuff, but uh, not yeah. Um, I, I, up I, here I in Canada, it was very sad. It was a very sad Force Friday. There was oh, yeah, yeah it, maybe you know, like there were really big Force Awakens restocks, so there was tons of of TFA stuff that uh that that maybe you hadn't been able to pick up yet that was on shelves Mm. but um at least at the local toys r us for me there was very little rogue one but i did manage to get um a titanium die cast i saw that the uh, u-wing as well as the uh the black series k2so so there's only actually one other figure that i want which is the hover tank pilot um which is a toys r us exclusive so i just got to keep kind of like popping in and checking for that but um but other than that, I'm pretty, I'm pretty set. Uh, there's, you know, the the merch is just not that great. Um, it's it's kind of odd. Yeah, I'm doing kind of like, you know, there's there's restocking some of the. You know, what's crazy is like you can get a lot of this um, Force Awakens stuff now for super cheap. I mean, that giant Tie Fighter is basically half off now, and uh, you know, it's like a lot of times with anything, you just wait a little longer. I mean, it's cool to have it right away and to start displaying it, but. Um, I'm at the point now where there's just so much I can only get. You, you have to start picking and choosing, like, 
like you're doing like oh i love the look of this trooper and this person or whatever and yeah. i'll just grab that and the ewing that's kind of where i'm at now is just picking up because i wanted to do the whole thing you know i started out with the six inch with getting every single one because that's just man i love having like every single piece but man it's just it's just really hard in the pocketbook and uh you know three kids running around you just can't do that anymore so you gotta start picking and choosing man oh oh man oh well and they're still in the box too they're still in the box so i haven't taken them out or anything so um but uh yeah there's a lot of stuff online i've seen a lot of a lot of friends and stuff picking up stuff i'm like oh man that'd be nice to be able to have an endless amount of cash just to throw on some star wars stuff for my star wars room but i guess i'll just wait for the sales <laughs> yeah well so. that's the thing is that if you take a look at the force awakens stuff um everything is going to be around for a while so yeah oh yeah yeah it's for sure really not that big of a deal yeah for sure well other than that i think that's it man we'll get into this recap you ready yeah let's do it all right battles leave scores i will never let my friends get hurt again this is ty ss25 you can call me wedge my friends my friends <laughs> everybody ready Yep. Let's go. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. I underestimated the commander. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Embrace your destiny. I'm the one in the middle. The Bendu. I must become more powerful. Turn away before it's too late. All right, folks, here we go with Holocrons of Fate. Kane and Jarrus and Ezra Bridger are traveling aboard a CR-90 Corvette through hyperspace when Ezra suggests that they could use the Holocron. Kanan reminds his apprentice that the secrets inside it almost destroyed him. When Ezra asks why Yoda sent them to Malachar, Kanan explains that Yoda had given them a chance to defeat the Sith and that they had failed. The rebel pilot then informs them that they, are, they reached their rendezvous point with a hammerhead corvette, but that the transport is not responding. After exiting hyperspace, the rebels discover what, that the hammerhead corvette has been attacked. After docking with the hammerhead, Ezra and Kanan board, a vessel and discover, board the vessel and discover that a skirmish has taken place. In one chamber, Ezra encounters an astromech droid and a wounded rebel soldier. The soldier warns Ezra that a red blade is after him and that the ghost is in danger. Ezra and Kanan think it's another Inquisitor. So, Mike, we start off with this episode, and I was thinking back, you know, like I said, we talked about last episode, you know, this has been six months since season two. You know, and we talked about Kanan was a, he's kind of reclusive at that point and dealing with his kind of dealing with his injury and, and questioning maybe his purpose and, and what's going on with him and Ezra and the Force and all that. And it was kind of cool just to see them, like this episode starts, them together on a mission. They've kind of worked through their differences and, and talked about it and they're back on it again. And, and this is where I think Ezra, and I'll talk about this later, I think this is where he needs, he still needs Kanan obviously a lot. I mean, he needs that figure in to help him deal with things, and we'll see it yeah. again when we get to the Krikna and the, and the Holocron. But it was cool to see those two, you know, on this ship, and uh, you know, this this attack has taken place, and the Goose crew is gone, and they're thinking it's another Inquisitor, which we'll find out that it's not. 
But uh, I also like the fact that Ezra is still concerned about the holocron and the secrets that are, con- you know, kind of contained in that thing. And we, and he still thinks that they can learn from it. And he even says, you know, hey, Yoda sent us to to Malachor. I mean, why else would he send us to Malachor but to grab that Sith holocron so we can maybe defeat the Sith? So it's kind of an interesting thing that you kind of think that Ezra, maybe he is, is that what Yoda sent them for? So a lot of things to think about in this particular opening, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, uh, one other thing to note, we listened to the, the audio from the, the trailer just before. Yeah. And uh, like always, the majority of that audio is in these first, the first, you know, the premiere oh, yeah. and then yeah. this episode and then the next episode. So, you know, about two hours in, we run out of uh, trailer <laughs> content. Yeah. But um, so we think like, oh, the season's going to be awesome. It's, no, it's not the season. It's just the first few episodes. But um, yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting because you, you feel like uh, Ezra has sort of um, seen the error of his ways, but, mm-hmm. but he is still... Um, he does still want to use the holocron. He still he still wants um, to find the answers that way. Take the easy path, right? Yeah. But um, but Kanan Kanan's got that wisdom back. You know, he's uh, right. he's kind of back to normal. So yeah, um, that's good to see. It's kind of you know it was difficult in that in that premiere to watch the 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 conflict between the two of them even if it was a very passive conflict mm-hmm. it was very frustrating to not be you know kind of moving forward with that part of the story um and i think that there were a lot of people who felt that way who felt that uh, that that Kanan doing nothing and Ezra kind of um going off on his own was a little bit of a frustrating way to start obviously it was there by design right right but um but now they're back the the master student relationship has been restored um but we see that there's still a little bit of that conflict and um now it's maybe a little bit more of an aggressive conflict and and uh, that's i think really what the 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 thrust of this episode is going to be about mm-hmm. the the darth maul aspect is really i think incidental and has much more to do with setting up a storyline for later than it does um actually doing serving a purpose in this episode right um i think i i, th- I think that that uh, the real important part is what happens in the cave oh um, yeah as sure. always yeah. right that's yeah. the, that's a very star wars thing so. <laughs> well even so, yeah yeah even kanan says and, and i'm remembering now that he says uh you know about going to malachor he said no 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 that was more about like we had our chance to kind of destroy the sith and that didn't happen so he's kind of explaining to Kane, uh, to Ezra, you know, it wasn't about the holocron. It was, yeah. it was about destroying the Sith. So, um, that's that's what that's going. Go ahead, Michael. We'll continue here. I got some more for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Uh At the bridge of the CR ninety Corvette, Ezra and Kanan contact Harris and Dula by hologram. They quickly learn that the other Lothal rebels have been taken prisoner by Maul and his repurposed tour guide droids. When Ezra accuses Maul of betraying them, Maul admits he was going to betray the others, but that he would have remained loyal to Ezra. When Kanan asks what he wants, Maul demands the Sith holocron that they had obtained on Malachor. When, sorry, when Kanan claims that he doesn't have it, Maul threatens to kill his friends. Ezra and Kanan promise to bring back the Sith holocron. Maul then adds that Kanan also bring his Jedi holocron before logging off. You know, he says he says in this in this section here that. Um, 
he would have. I, I kind of tend to agree that Maul would have, and he still kind of does remain loyal somewhat to, to Ezra. And even after after this episode, I mean, we know what he wanted from this episode. He he still wants to have that trust from Ezra because he wants to open these holocrons. But I, you know, I it could be that he's going to keep that going or you know we know maul has left and we'll talk about that later whether we'll see him again and where we'll see him again but uh i still i don't know after this episode what do you think Mike? you think he's still kind of loyal to ezra and he still um would would kind of go along with ezra yeah. you think he would after this episode i i think absolutely yeah i think maul still thinks that he can tempt ezra he's still i mean he i i think that yeah. ezra can still be tempted you know um um, yeah. I think Ezra is one or two bad days away from uh, from from being uh, uh, one of the bad guys from falling to the dark side. So, yeah. um, and I think that's going to be the struggle this season for him. So, so Maul is just one of many characters I think that will that will tempt him in that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Um, I do think that he'll be back. I, I, th- I th- like before long. I think he'll be back in. And I think that, that his purpose will be specifically to recruit Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what he is all about. Mm-hmm. At the moment, there's, he has sort of two goals at the moment. So, yeah, and we got a classic hostage situation here. I mean, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, there's, there's they have really no choice. I mean, you got the whole Ghost crew held hostage by by Darth Maul, and uh, yeah, I mean, of course, Kanan and Ezra are going to do whatever they can. This is kind of, you know, this is a situation that we've seen Luke been in before and, and, and Anakin as well. And I wouldn't, here's the problem with like, here's a lot of what people talk about the Jedi. It's like, they're not supposed to have attachments and anything. And I guess that that's kind of a topic for another day, but um, we see this all the time in this, in this saga is that those attachments and how they affect things that go on in the galaxy and it, like i said maybe it's it's a, probably a topic for another time but mm-hmm. um but this is here it is again you know using using family and friends to to get what they want so uh continue meanwhile aboard the ghost maul inspects a graffiti artwork uh inspects graffiti artwork done by sabine wren he tells his his captive audience including hera sabine uh zeb and chopper that he realized that this was a transport uh, it was also a the transport was also their home. Maul then forces Hera to take him on a tour of the ship against the protests of Zeb and Sabine. Maul then addresses Sabine and remind, reminded the Mandalorian teenager they had once ruled her homeworld of Mandalore. After inspecting several rooms, Hera leads him into Kanan's quarters, which Maul describes as a dull and dour chamber fit for a Jedi. When Maul demanded that... that she show him Kanan's holocron, Hera feigns ignorance. However, Maul was able to read her mind and discovered that Kanan's real name was Caleb Doom. After probing Hera's mind, Maul learned that Hera had suggested that Kanan recruit Ezra as his apprentice.
Well, Mike, I got to tell you, I really love this scene. And here we go with like Maul and we're seeing him use the force mind, I guess mind probe. I'm not sure what else to call it. And we've obviously seen Kylo, yeah. Kylo Ren use that. So that was interesting to see that using this. And he's able to tap into her. Of course, she's not even close to being strong enough to to uh, keep him out. But we learned and I might have to ask you, Mike, I know you've read some of the um, some of the some of the. I think it was Hair of the Jedi, or what's the one with Hera and Kanan that was... New Dawn. New Dawn. So I'm trying to figure out how Maul, because it sounds like he knew of Caleb Doom before he probed her mind. Do we know exactly how he would know that? Or did he just actually probe her mind and figure that out? No, he definitely, he, pull, he pulled that out he of her He knew before. Mind, I think. You think he pulled it out? Okay, because the, yeah. the way the show went, it's like... He said something about Caleb Doom, and then he starts talking about probing her mind. So maybe he just kind of went in there before he, he told her, figured out that it was Caleb Doom. Um, I didn't know if that was something that was mentioned in, in a comic. I know there's a comic out, of course. Of Yeah, uh, there there are. There's a couple of comics. But, you know, there, and there are a couple of characters out there in the galaxy that, that if they're still kicking around, would know that um, that Kanan Jarrus is, is Caleb Doom. Mm -hmm. But um, but there's not that many, yeah. uh, and and I don't know how Darth Maul would end up with that information otherwise. So um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those instances where where that that was kind of. Um, I think I think he's searching her mind, and then when he says Caleb Doom, she starts to resist. Okay, then he kind of goes and it's when harder. she starts yeah. to resist that he has to sort of focus himself by using the hand gesture, mm -hmm. um, which is also a form of intimidation, right? So oh, it's yeah. kind of a yeah. it's kind of a, a, a two pronged approach um, that allows him to to dig a little bit deeper, and then he sort of rather than getting this general sense, he actually starts to to get pull specific information like where the the holocron was yeah so that, okay and and it, also before he gets to this point obviously he's like two in the rooms which i thought was kind of funny because he's able to pick out whose room is what you know he knows that sabine's got the colorful room i thought it was kind of funny that he he says uh, I, i'm assuming it's zeb's room he goes that's a curious smell so he smells i yeah. guess zeb's room that's kind of a funny thing a little dry sense of humor there and then he gets obviously to Kanan's room and it's adult I mean obviously it's a kind of the room of the Jedi you know there's no no pictures up there's no nothing hanging it's just it's just a room and he's able to kind of realize and maybe through the force know and and maybe through teachings and stuff that obviously this would be a Jedi room so that was kind of cool mm -hmm. and then uh, of course we find out that it, he knows it was through his mind probe that Hera's the one that kind of recruited uh, Ezra to to the group so He's finding out a lot of information. I just thought it was really cool to see them to see them use Maul in this way. Of course, Sam Weaver was doing the voice, killing it as a voice. I always love Sam's interpretation of, of Darth For Maul. For sure. So um, some great stuff there. Go ahead, Mike. We'll continue. Big one here. There's a long one. You ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Elsewhere, Kanan and Ezra travel on a speeder bike and arrive at the outcrop of Mesa's, but find no sign of the Bendu. After hearing no response, Ezra suggested that Kanan was hearing voices in his head. Suddenly, the two are surrounded by a horde of Krikna spiders. Ezra panics, but Kanan tells his apprentice to stay calm. 
not trusting his master's words, Ezra ignited his, ignites his lightsaber. Kanan tells his disciple that his actions are only making things worse, and that he must learn to make peace with them. Suddenly, the Krikna flee, and Kanan senses the Bendu's presence. The Bendu approaches the two Jedi and asks whether, where, sorry, wh- whether they have come for a talk. Uh, Ezra ta- tells the Bendu that they have come because a Sith called Maul wants the Sith holocron. Kanan adds that Maul also desires his Jedi holocron. The Bendu points out that the convergence of the Jedi and Sith holocrons would be dangerous. When Ezra remarks that the holocrons are just libraries of information, the Bendu responds that they are more than that. If two powerful sources of information are united, they will grant clarity of vision, but that they would also bring chaos. The Bendu tells Ezra and Kanan that he has has set a test for Ezra. Before entering the cave, Kanan tells Ezra to leave his lightsaber behind and to use his comlink instead. Kanan promises to guide his apprentice through the cave. When the Bendu asks, Kanan responds that that Ezra must learn to solve his problems without relying on his lightsaber. So this is where I was talking about earlier about Kanan and how, um, or this shows why it's so important that Ezra keep his training and 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 why Kanan is so important to to Ezra at this point because he's right yeah. now he's able to show, hey, look, like if Ezra was by himself, this would have been all bad. So he says, you know, you can't show fear or anger to the Krikna. And, and he's able to walk Ezra through this thing. And like I said, I don't think Ezra would have made this at, at all without the help of Kanan, obviously. But here, the two biggest things that come out of here, Mike, is the, the, is, is the Bendu here tells them, basically foreshadows what can happen when you combine these two, quote, two powerful forces of knowledge are combined. They will grant a clarity of vision beyond your kind so he's saying any secret wisdom or destiny can be seen so there he's telling you right now like hey you combine these things you're gonna see into the future you're gonna see things and 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 we'll obviously talk about that when we get there but man he is telling him right here yeah this is it this is what you're gonna find out you know tread lightly uh, i'm not sure exactly i think he gets to this a little bit like hey tread lightly with this stuff because I don't know if you're going to want to see this kind of stuff. And, you know, Yoda is it, and he's in the Bendu mic is kind of he reminds me of Yoda a lot. Not necessarily the way he talks, but the things yeah. he's saying, yeah. the wisdom that he has of the force. Yeah. You know, a lot of Yoda uh, kind of influence is going on. Yeah. So, so it, it's really clear to me that what uh, the reason why the Bendu was created, why the role that he fills is that role. Mm-hmm. is the role of, of Yoda. So last season, we got the, the two appearances of Yoda. We got one just as a voice. Or was was that one in season one? No, both the appearances of Yoda were in season two, weren't they? Yeah, well, he, Ezra saw him as a ghost. Yeah. Um, and, that, uh, but, and didn't Kanan hear his voice? I think Kanan also heard him as well. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, 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 the previous instances of Yoda... Um, were were great, but um, I'm sure also expensive because they got uh, they they got the actual Yoda Frank Oz to uh, to reprise the role. So, um, I, and I think because that's that's the sort of thing, much like having Vader around, that is uh, that that's a that's a treat, mm-hmm. you know. So I uh, we can't rely on that, right? But Kanan still needs a guide. 
he still need he might be a knight, but he still needs a master to help guide him. And uh, and and especially in helping to teach Ezra, he he needs that. Yeah, he needs that that uh, that guiding hand. He got a brief visit from the Inquisitor uh, towards the end of last season, but mm. um, but they I think they needed somebody who was going to be around a little bit more than that. So yeah, so they created the Bendu, and the Bendu does have that. Um, he he doesn't speak backwards, but but he definitely does talk in these sort of vague riddles. Yeah, definitely. Um, that uh, rather than saying exactly what he means, he <laughs> sort of says, you yeah. know, well, it's kind of like this. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he definitely fills that role. I was feeling the exact same thing when I was watching the right, episode. Yeah, yeah That sure. he was totally just like a proxy for Yoda. Yeah, definitely. And then you talk about this, you know, you mentioned it earlier, Mike, the cave. Uh, the holocron's actually in the cave, and, you know, they take their weapons and they leave them there. And, yeah. you know, this is, I mean, this is just like what happened with Luke in the Empire. So, man, definite parallels there. It's really, really cool to see that. And just the cave all over again. So this time we won't get any failure in the cave, though. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Back at the ghost, Maul is unable to open Kanan's holocron and loses his temper. At Hera's signal, Zeb kicks Chopper into two of Maul's tour guide droids. The rebels then knock out their captors and make their way down to the engine room with Zeb carrying Chopper. Meanwhile, Maul senses that his captives have escaped and follows them downstairs. The rebels make their way into the cargo hold. After realizing that Maul is a cyborg, Sabine orders Chopper to activate the magnetizer. The rebels then surround him, but Maul breaks free of the magnetizer with his lightsaber. Maul then hurls the rebels aside and locks Chopper in a storeroom. He then tells Hera and Sabine that they will not be penalized as long as they are of use to him. So, Mike, right here, this is just real quick. Um, you can't open the holocron. It's kind of funny to hear him like, like screaming in like frustration out of the, you know, that you can hear him from down the hallway. It was kind of funny to hear that. But the ghost crew, they try to overpower Maul, but he shows off some killer, killer moves. You know, he's magnetized and he's hanging upside down, but he's still able to deflect blaster bolts and he kind of uses the force and he frees himself. Uh, and then kind of wraps everybody up in a bow just like that. So mm -hmm. this guy um, obviously is super powerful still after all these years. I mean, he was stuck on Malachor for years and years, but, man, he is still powerful. It was really cool to actually see an action scene where he's upside down, like from the ceiling, magnetized to the ceiling. He's able to use his lightsaber and deflect everything. Really cool scene, so I love that part. Um, go ahead, Michael. Continue here. Uh, back on Adelon. Uh, Ezra is navigating through the dark cave and soon surrounded by several of the spidery creatures and loses contact with Kanan. Kanan rushes into the cave to assist Ezra. While fleeing the Krikna, Kanan leads him into a tunnel and uses the Force to reason with, with a Krikna. When Ezra asks his master how he did that, Kanan explains that his blindness has forced him to see things differently through the Force. As they venture deeper into the catacombs, Ezra apologizes for everything. Kanan then reassures his apprentice that it was not his fault and that he never blamed him. He tells Ezra that it is time for him to forgive himself and the two embrace. Outside, the Bendu senses their reconciliation. So this was a really cool moment. It uh, was, wasn't it? And yeah. it actually showed, because I think so far in the season we've been showing how much Ezra has grown up. Mm -hmm. But this is a moment where we realize how young Ezra still is. Right. Um, and that, uh, that that he is certainly not ready for the responsibility that's been thrust upon him. Um, I 
I think that the rebellion has made a huge mistake in giving him any kind of command, mm-hmm. um, and that that's going to be one of the things that leads to to um, his downfall. His, maybe his downfall. Yeah, I know you're um, going with that. Yeah, for sure. very similar to Anakin. Very mm-hmm. similar to a lot of the young Jedi during the Clone Wars, uh, they, because they they exhibit this incredible power. And they're associated with a group that is so renowned for wisdom. They are expected to behave beyond their years, and and I think that that is a mistake. You know, I I, I think I do think it's important to give teenagers um, responsibility. I uh, and there's nothing wrong with you know like a first job or that sort of thing, but um, but expecting someone with that limited amount of experience to be able to make uh, judgment calls and be consistent in those judgment calls and, uh, and, and to know, you know, sort of when the moment uh, is right to, to be reckless or to be cautious, uh, I think is a bad idea. And, and this is one of those moments that really, really shows mm-hmm. that Ezra is not ready for that kind of responsibility yet because, um, he embraces Kanan like, uh, like a little kid. Yeah. I, I, you know, after they've been in trouble and they and they you know they you go okay it's fine you know you're not in trouble anymore and then they're <laughs> yeah. sorry and they give you that big hug yeah uh it's exactly like that yeah um and and ezra ezra i mean ezra blames himself for Kanan's blindness yes but but uh ezra is not to blame you know um yeah it's uh Kanan, Kanan blames himself uh he he certainly blames maul a great deal um yeah. And uh, I, I, that you know, really, at the end of the day, I think that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> you got a got a rampaging Wookiee over there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it defi- yeah. No, it's all good. <laughs> uh, it's definitely it's it's definitely um, Maul that that holds the brunt of the blame on that, um, both for being deceptive, and then you know for the actual blinding. So. Yeah, you know, it's, you're totally right. You're totally right about Ezra. I do think that um, he's given just, like you said, he's getting a lot of stuff really quickly, and that's not always a good thing, especially with the um, with the Jedi. I mean, they're they're so powerful, and I think they get so much, um, I guess, leeway just because they're so powerful. They can do so many things, and and it was just really cool to see those two embraces like after all that time and and, and you're right Kanan Ezra kind of blamed himself but even Kanan says hey you know what it, it wasn't your fault you know it was you had nothing you know this is not on you yeah mm-hmm. I was kind of I kind of pulled myself away because I had to think about things he didn't say this but this is what I think he's thinking you know so but this is a really cool instance to see those two embrace so I really love that part of it as well so um I'll continue here Ezra and Kanan eventually find the Sith holocron inside a deep chamber inhabited by Krikna. Kanan tells Ezra to stay calm and the apprentice uses the force to levitate the object towards him while the Krikna watch. Ezra takes the holocron and the two leave the cave without starting, startling the Krikna. After emerging, the Bendu tells them that he senses that the imbalance between the master and the apprentice has been addressed. However, the Bendu warns them that their true test has just begun. Since the Dark Sider won't be able to open the Jedi holocron, he warns them that the task will fall to one of them. When Ezra suggests that they can wield the power of both holocrons, the Bender warns them that it comes with a price. There it is. 
threat. Go in peace. Your conflict has ended. Perhaps balance is restored. Thanks, Bendu. Your true struggle has only begun. Be warned. The Darksider will not be able to open your Jedi holocron. That task will fall to one of you. So that means we'll have the power of both holocrons too. Do what you must. But such power comes with a price. Once a secret is known, it cannot be unknown. Well, Mike, I got to tell you, that is one of the quotes, uh, not the quote, but one of the better quotes of this episode. Once a secret is known, it cannot be unknown. And man, he's again, mm-hmm. he's telling them like you guys have the And it's interesting, Mike, that they can open a Jedi and a Sith holocron, but Maul, he can't open the, the Jedi holocron. So obviously Ezra it's so weird to think about this like Kanan's right there and he knows that you in order to open the Sith Holocron you kind of have to tap into the I guess the dark side a little bit yeah. and he's still kind of comfortable with that and I guess not maybe he's not really comfortable with it but um, obviously he knows and I wonder what he's thinking about that but man like I said Mike the quote what do you think man once the secret is known you cannot know it so if you put these two things together you know it's on you he's kind of doing the Yoda thing you know like hey yeah you know, there's some things you're going to see. Yeah. I don't know if you want to see him. What do you think, right? Well, you know, I, I think that, that the, the danger there is that, um, I mean, I think we know what the secret is, right? We don't really need to, to dance around it. Yeah. No. Um, the secret is obvious because the thing that, that Ezra wants to know more than anything is how to destroy the Sith. Right. And, and you know, bring it into the Empire. Um, and that the secret is... is uh, the location of Luke Skywalker. So, um, that is the sort of thing that, that as, as, uh, the Bendu says, once the secret is known, it can't be unknown. Um, if anybody knows that Luke is on Tatooine mm-hmm. and that Anakin Skywalker had a, had a child, uh, and in fact has two children, um, then, then that, information is now dangerous to have mm-hmm. um, you put yourself in danger by having it and you also put the the fate of the galaxy in danger by having that information um, it is meant to be kept secret because um, as as we kind of know it's never explicitly said anywhere but as we kind of know as Star Wars scholars uh, that that Luke um, is hidden away until the moment when the Force decides that he's ready to begin his his journey, mm-hmm. um, and and Obi Wan comes to that realization when when he senses Luke out in the desert, right, mm-hmm. and uh, and comes to his aid, uh, and uh, and and really especially once his his aunt and uncle are dead. And he turns to, to to well, I guess it's before that, isn't it? It's 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 um, I guess in the hovel he he just kind of has that. Yeah. Well, I guess it's when he sees Leia, right? Because he realizes Leia is calling me. Right. Luke is sitting in my home. 
now's the time, right? Yeah. And he kind of just turns to Luke and says, "Yeah, you must train to become a Jedi if you're to come to be with me to Alderaan." Uh-huh. And I, uh, I, and and it's it, you know I that's the moment when Luke um, is ready, and and Obi Wan knows that not before then and not not after, but in that very moment, um, and that that's that needs to to be the way that that plays out if if it happens before or after that the the galaxy could be plunged into deeper turmoil right mm-hmm. uh, I, I, the 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 fate of the jedi um could go a very different way um if you're interested in those different ways then you should check out the star wars infinities comics that oh were, yeah <laughs> yeah were published by dark horse which are some of my favorite star wars comics out there yeah um they're so good yeah but uh yeah they, they're, they're very interesting mm-hmm. to uh to read and see how it could have gone had luke not been the one right um and, and the you know sort of two two out of the three because there's one for for a new hope there's one for empire one for jedi and they'll kind of play that out so ezra ezra discovering this information could be very dangerous um and especially uh Maul discovering this information could be very dangerous. So mm-hmm. that's I think that's what Bendu is warning. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know there's, uh, there's going to be consequences. There's going to be consequences. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, the two Jedi then travel on an A-wing trainer to the coordinates that Maul has arranged them to meet. Uh, the location turns out to be an abandoned Mandalorian asteroid outpost. Kanan reminds Ezra that he has to deal with the consequences of getting the Sith holocron back and asks whether it will help them against Maul. When Kanan asks Ezra to open it up, the apprentice replies that he would rather listen to his master. When Ezra asks Kanan what their plan is, Kanan tells him that they will think by ear. When Ezra asks whether Kanan is taking it lightly, his master replies that they must not give in to fear and despair. This was That was a really good moment mm-hmm. because uh, Kanan has sort of um, transcended a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ezra's not quite there yet. Yeah. And so Ezra takes his um, his attitude as like nonchalance or or, or you know that, that he's sort of that this is just another adventure and that they're not about to walk into a very dangerous situation. But what Kanan replies is like, we can't give in to fear, right? Mm-hmm. That's obviously we know that leads to the dark side, but right. it also it also is white. Um, led to um their their discord the last the last few months right and kanan understands that now and ezra's sort of catching up to him um quickly but not quick enough mm-hmm. um but but i i really like that moment because that uh that's the the sort of jedi mantra that i think we expect yeah he says uh the greatest power maul has is the fear he will he will hurt our friends and yeah. he says we have to control that. So yeah. again, like we talked about or talked about earlier, that you know they're always going after, um, you know, friends and family. Yeah, it's, he, it, it's it's a very Obi Wan type of thing to say. Mm-hmm. You know that yeah. uh, you know that 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 fear is the key to Maul's power, um, and and it's you know you can't you can't if you take that away from him, he has nothing. Yeah. So. True. True. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Uh, after arriving at the Mandalorian asteroid outpost, they dock at a hangar bay. 
There they are greeted by Maul, who mockingly tells Master Kanan to follow the sound of his voice. Kanan tells Ezra to take it easy with Maul. When Maul asks Ezra if he found the Sith holocron illuminating, Ezra demands to know that his friends are safe. Maul replies that his friends would be his guests until their business is complete. He orders his tour droids to escort Ezra to the command center. If he attempts to free his friends, or if the tour droids are deactivated, he warns Ezra that his friends will die. Maul then leads Kanan down a corridor while the tour droids guard the other Lothal rebels in a ghost cargo hold. While walking, Maul confesses that he did not want to blind Kanan. When Kanan responds that he was still trying to kill him, Maul shoves the Jedi into the airlock and responds that he is making a second attempt. Kanan is sucked out into space but manages to cling onto the space station. Using the Force, he lunges himself back into the hangar bay. Having regained his breath, Kanan heads out to save his friends. Meanwhile, the droids go to carry out their final orders, execute their master's prisoners. Just before they can fire their blasters, Kanan leaps into the hole and saves the crew. And it was kind of cool to see him. Like, I, at first I didn't know, like, what exactly happened. Like, was he just floating in space or was he actually using the Force? Because Maul, for all intents and purposes, thought, it, okay, he's dead, he's gone. He's able to hang on to the very end of that the wing there. And then it looked like, I thought he was just kind of pushing himself, but I, obviously I guess he was using the Force to get back. And he almost looked like he froze to death out there, Mike. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was starting to sort of crystallize up. Crystal was like uh, my wife. Crystal was uh, was like, "Oh no, isn't he? Isn't he gonna die? Shouldn't he be dead already?" And I'm like, "No, that's it's uh, it's actually a, a sort of a it's like an old movie. Um, I don't know, sort of like an uh, an old wives' tale sort of thing that's been spread by pop culture that your lungs will explode." Yeah. Um, if you're if you go into the vacuum of space, but actually, like you can survive as long as you have oxygen and as long as you don't freeze. Like you'll probably freeze to death before anything else. Um, and so you start start to see that. It's actually it reminded me a lot of the moment in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah. yeah. Where 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 uh, uh, Star Lord saves um, uh, Gamora yeah. and uh, and starts to sort of they both start to sort of freeze. Um, yeah, it was it was very similar to that. But uh, Kanan being awesome as always. It, you know, I was worried that this season was going to see him see sort of be sort of like a sad sack, <laughs> walking around like you know like a, with the Charlie Brown music all the time and and be kind of useless. But um, but no, Kanan's just as awesome as always. Um, <laughs> He's right I, back if, in it. Yeah. If I can't have Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, I'll take Kanan as a second choice. Yeah. Um, and blind sure. blind at that too man yeah. it's crazy crazy yeah. Mike let's uh, finish it up we got a big thing to talk about here go ahead yeah sorry we're at the, the last paragraph right yeah cool we are. Uh, together Maul and Ezra open the holocrons Maul and Ezra peer into the light the Padawan is close to seeing the key to destroying the Sith and glimpses an image of twin sons uh, Maul with an almost gleeful rage mutters he lives uh, when Kanan approaches, the energy bursts, and Maul escapes to his ship with a fiery determination. Ezra recovers, unsure of what he witnessed. Kanan and, Ez Kanan and the other rebels attend to the unconscious Ezra, who has sustained a headache. <laughs> Kanan <laughs> tells Ezra that he could see Ezra, but only through the light of the holocron. When he asks Ezra what happened, the younger Jedi tells him that he saw images of places both unknown and familiar. He doesn't know if it was Ma what Maul wanted to see. Kanan reassures Ezra that they will find out together. 
Ezra, listen to me. Look away. Kane? No. Stay focused, apprentice. Gain the knowledge you desire. Remember Bendu's warning. Turn away before it's too late. It's so close. Oh my gosh, Mike, just hearing that back, I started to get chills. I mean, to hear Darth Maul talk about he lives and I see it. Wow, a lot to cover here, Mike. Um, yeah. I mean, the internet and everybody, when they saw the end of this episode, everybody was going crazy. Um, I, wow, I where do you start? It. I mean, it's crazy, I lost right? it yeah. because, yeah. you know, um, I, the last time we heard from Obi-Wan Kenobi was the, the season, the, sorry, the series premiere. Um, we saw the holocron, the holocron message, mm-hmm. the the coded message that, that he had sent out to the to the Jedi from the Jedi Temple. Um, that was the last time that we saw him, and uh, and and I have been saying since then. Yeah, I want to see more Obi Wan Kenobi, and you guys all know. Everybody who's in earshot of this knows. That that is my only concern. <laughs> yeah. Is when do we get to see Obi-Wan Kenobi again? Like I say, if I can't have Obi-Wan, I'm glad to have Kanan. Um, especially as his character has been developing this season. He's becoming more Obi-Wan-like um, as the as the days go on. But, uh, but, you know, where Kenobi is concerned, except no substitutes. That's my, that's my uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. position on the subject. Um and and we've been saying for a while that if you're going to bring Darth Maul back, if he's still kicking around, um, the only way to finish his storyline, mm-hmm. the only way to finish his story is a confrontation with Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Obi-Wan has a very significant portion of his story that, that needs resolution. And that is what happened on Mandalore in season five of Clone Wars. I mm-hmm. uh, Maul killed the only woman that he ever truly loved, and you know, I revenge isn't the way of the Jedi, but but I uh, I justice is. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, the the keepers of 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 peace. Uh, do, doesn't Obi Wan say peace and justice in the Old Republic? Yeah. I uh, and so um, the Obi Wan that we meet in in A New Hope is very much at peace um he he's ready to die and it is my opinion and i and i don't know i think that if you got dave filoni in a room and you asked him i think that he'd agree the only way that obi-wan can have that peace um the peace that he has uh, to confront vader and uh, and and become one with the force would be if all of the loose ends were were tied up. I don't think that that 
Obi-Wan would be ready to um, let go if he knew that Darth Maul was still out there. So that tells me that, that there is a finality to this, this plot thread. Um, I also know for a fact that this would not be happening if it wasn't setting something up. Um, now, I don't know if that's going to take place in Star Wars Rebels. I don't know if that's going to take place in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we talked about it last week. I sure as heck hope that it that it is a movie, mm-hmm. that it's a live-action film, that, uh, that that's what the, these two characters deserve. Um, I would love to see Sam Witwer get the opportunity to play that character on screen. I know that other people are going to say that it, that, that Ray Park deserves that. Um, but I think that Sam has proven that he's got the acting chops. And here's the thing. Good actors rise to the level of, of the other actors that they're in the presence of. I think that we all know, we all agree that, that Ewan McGregor is a, is an incredible actor. Right. Sam Witwer is also a very talented actor. I want to see what happens when Sam Witwer gets to play off of Ewan McGregor. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that could unlock a level that Sam Witwer hasn't made it to yet. Um, and I say that as one of the biggest Sam Witwer fans out there. I mean, Being Human was one of my favorite shows when it was on the air. And uh, and and And... He was one of the three main characters, and and I was a big fan of that show specifically for him. Uh, when he got cast as Darth Maul, it was like, yes, this is perfect. And yeah. you know, um, uh, I can't imagine anybody else playing that character at this point. Um, I know that Ray Park established the character, um, uh, and Peter Serafinowicz, uh, uh, right? Peter, yep. yeah, yep. the uh, is the voice of Darth Maul, right? And and I. I I mean, you know, the two of them together created a character that I think uh, is indelible in, in, in the minds of Star Wars fans. But I truly believe that Sam Witwer, along with Dave Filoni and the writers of The Clone Wars and now Star Wars Rebels, have made the character of Darth Maul indelible in the hearts of Star Wars fans. And that is so much more important. Um, Darth Maul was always a cool looking character and those flips were real neat and the double bladed lightsaber was awesome but the level that he's risen to in recent years is thanks in in absolutely no small part to Sam Witwer mm-hmm. um, and Dave Filoni yeah. and you know you gotta give George the credit because everything that happened with the Clone Wars happened um, at his behest and bringing back Darth Maul was was George's idea because there was still more story to tell. And I think that Dave knows that. And I think that's why he's dropping all these crumbs. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, like I, I am game for a confrontation between, uh, uh, Darth Maul Whitwer and, uh, Obi-Wan, uh, uh Kenobi, Arnold Taylor, <laughs> I, I I am totally down for that because as as longtime listeners will also remember, uh, my Obi Wan Kenobi is James Arnold Taylor mm-hmm. through and through because yeah. that is the Obi Wan that we spent 
I, you know, six seasons with, um, uh, you know, that you and I spent a long time talking about, um, and, uh, and he is the only Obi-Wan Kenobi that I've gotten to meet in person. And I know that as much as James Arnold Taylor portrays that character, Obi-Wan Kenobi on screen in the Clone Wars, as well as, you know, briefly in Star Wars Rebels, um, he also lives that life outside of his performance as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And that character is, is his ability to, to play that character is inherently tied to him as a, as a person Mm -hmm. to, to what makes James Arnold Taylor, the awesome, awesome human being that James Arnold Taylor is. Um, so I, I definitely want to see, uh, James get another crack at that character. Um, and, and I've talked about that on the podcast before. There's a there's an old Marvel Star Wars comic in which uh, Princess Leia recounts a famous tale of Obi Wan Kenobi, and he's in this great all black getup. It's sort of like this, uh, almost like a uh, like a bodysuit, and then he's just got he's got these white gloves, white boots, and this white belt, um, and it's sort of a combination. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's it's so it's so crazy because it's the sort of thing that uh, they that at the time they couldn't have known, right? They just they were they wrote a story. They had no idea whether or not you'd ever find out anything about Obi Wan Kenobi in his past and and what happened during the Clone Wars. So they they had no clue. Mm-hmm. And how could they have known that in the animated Clone Wars, uh, the first one, the Gendy Tartakovsky one? Um, Obi-Wan would make famous the look of a Jedi in robes as well as the clone armor, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you took the armor off but you left the boots and the gloves and the belt, then you that's the look that you would have was what they did in the Marvel Star Wars comics. Um, and so I really want to see that come full circle. There's a, an awesome statue, the Mythos statue that I have. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The crown jewel in my Obi-Wan Kenobi collection. And uh, that statue indicates that he still has the armor from the Clone Wars, from the Clone Wars animated series. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not from the from the Gendi, but, but Star Wars The Clone Wars, the CG series. Right. Because it's on his backpack. So then he still has pieces of that. Um, and so, so I, I, you know, I believe that, that, that if he were to show up in Star Wars Rebels, that there's only one way that he could show up and that it would be in that gear. Um, and, and I would love to see that adventure take place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah, I don't, but I, I might need to, to, to get out the, uh, the, the, the markers and the, and the, the pens and everything and, uh, and depict that it is, it's inktober, inktober right yeah. now. <laughs> so for those who are following me on, uh, on, on Instagram and, uh, and Facebook and Twitter, they're, they're going to see a lot of art come coming out the next few days. And I think, you know what, I might have to, uh, that might have to be the next piece that I do. Yeah. Is that uh, that Obi Wan Kenobi that I want to see? <laughs> yeah, you know, at the end of this end of this particular episode, I think everybody pretty much had the same feeling and the gasp of man, yeah. this is this is headed towards what we've all kind of hoped for. We've actually talked about on on this podcast <laughs> that that Maul yep. takes off, and he you know he knows like he says I see him and and he's and he lives. 
he's gonna go after Obi Wan Kenobi. I think that's his fight. That's what he's. Yeah. You know, that's his main motivation. I think at this point is is trying to go after after Obi Wan, and then once he defeats Obi Wan in his mind, I don't know where he's gonna go from there. But but we also have to talk about Mike. Like obviously Ezra saw the twin sons. You know, could he be? Could he be seeing Luke? I don't know. He didn't. He doesn't say anybody. He just says the twin sons. Um, but yeah. that could be something where where they're going, like because they he is, don't they say something like, "Hey, the key to destroying the Sith," and then he yeah. he says something about you know he says, "I see the twin sons," and yeah, and again pointing to that like Luke as being the one that's the kind of the key, and 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 Ezra is possibly seeing that, and and who knows if we can get some kind of story where. We get Maul going after Obi-Wan, but we know Obi-Wan's looking over Luke. Does Ezra, at some point, does Maul and Ezra come together to find out, hey, let's go find out the key, what this key is, yeah. on this twin sun planet, and then somehow Luke gets involved? I don't know if they're going to go that far, but holy crap, how crazy would that be? Almost like that vision, I think it's the visionary stories you were talking about, where, yeah. you yeah. know, you know, Luke is still there and Uncle Owen's there and all that kind of thing, so... yeah. Woo, man! This thing. Oh man! I talk about a fantastic ending. I mean, yeah, and well, that's, that's the ending that you want to have. I mean, it, it sets up all this stuff, and all these theories start coming out. And it can yeah. go in different ways. the The end of this episode is a season finale ending. It is, isn't it? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's the second episode of the season, so I don't know what else is in store this season. Yeah. But I, uh, I, uh, yeah, man. I I just they're gonna make us wait. They're, oh, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna they're gonna just make us wait forever for this. But uh, but we're gonna get there eventually. Yeah, we're gonna get there eventually. And there's a story to tell there. And yeah, uh, I just it's heading there, man. I, I really really hope that it's live action. I really hope that it's a movie. I hope that that movie that Bob Iger was talking about that's slated for 2020 is. Is although no, because they were talking about like that one's connected to episode nine or something. I man, they you want to see the Obi Wan trilogy I or stand? Want to see these Obi Wan movies mm-hmm. happen? You know, it is like in a world where we know that we have a Star Wars movie every year for the foreseeable future. Yeah, um, which is a world that that I think we could have only dreamt of, uh, you know, five ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous yeah. that that's that that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, they they when you live in that world when that becomes your reality, you have to continue like you have to find a new dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> so for me, that new dream is the Obi Wan Kenobi trilogy, and uh, and and you know as I've said many a time, if anybody at Lucasfilm is listening. I have ideas like it's I it exists already I can I can we can you know just fly me out you don't even have to pay me let's just make it happen you know <laughs> just bring me in yeah. and I'll and I'll tell you exactly what needs to happen and I and I think that that I I you know I deserve that opportunity being the biggest Obi-Wan Kenobi fan on the planet so <laughs> um, so the question is let's yeah. just say they were gonna do a Obi-Wan standalone like yeah it's either going to do a whole different story, and they're going to let the clo- uh, the rebels deal with this because this is a huge hanging carrot for now the rest of the season. Yeah. Are they going to address it by the end of the season? Because we know that it's either you take this to the point where we find out that Maul is going after 
Obi-Wan and then and then you take it from there either yeah. in movie form or you actually finish it out in in Rebels form. Um man, I like you said, I really actually I would prefer to see it in live action. But you know, as of right now it looks to me like they might be doing it on this particular series. But, yeah, but I get you. It it, yeah. it definitely feels like they're going to do it on Rebels, so I know that it is very much so uh wishful thinking and that's why I say it's my new dream. Yeah. I yeah. my new Star Wars dream is for those Obi-Wan movies. Um if an Obi-Wan movie is going to happen, this is the story that needs to say that it needs to be. Um cuz man, I let's see we're coming up 2019 will be the the 20 year anniversary mm-hmm. of of the phantom menace 2002 yeah 1999 yeah yeah, came out yeah, yeah. so 2019 will be the, those 20 years and uh, what better way to sort of celebrate 20 years since the phantom menace and i know celebrates a tough word because a lot of people don't like the phantom menace and and you know I, i'll count myself among the people who who kind of feel like it's a little bit of a eh movie but um i mean i don't i don't have the the harsh feelings that some people have for it but uh, but i definitely skip it in my rewatches um because <laughs> i just don't <laughs> think that there's that much there uh, but uh, I mean, it, but it does contain several of my favorite characters, and and the only appearance other than Clone Wars of Qui Gon Jinn, um, who is one of my all time favorite Star Wars characters. So so it's tough for me to skip it. But uh, but I do it. All, it is also important, you know. It's important to Star Wars um, that the Phantom Menace exists. Um, it, it it establishes a lot. It, it sets the tone for the prequels for good or ill um it establishes a great deal about the jedi that we didn't know before um it also you know it brings in some stuff that we don't like like the medichlorians and whatnot but but it's still important to the experience i think Mm -hmm. um you know one day i will show the phantom menace to kara and and i we won't skip it it's important (laughs) You yeah. know, it's it's yeah. part of the saga. Yeah. Um, it's where it all begins, right? So, you know, you know it, 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 so I think that, that a 20-year anniversary uh, deserves something exciting. And what better way than with a, a poster that has the faces of both Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul uh-huh. on it, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. what better way? Well, I mentioned, I think it was last podcast, about that tweet that um, Ray Park had responded to mm-hmm. about things to come. And it sure, I don't know, either he's privy to some of the stuff going on in the Clone Wars or yeah. or he's knows a lot more than he's, or he's just, you know, throwing it out there and, and yeah. grasping at straws. I don't know, but he grabbed the right straw on that one because it sure looks like it's coming to fruition here. So, man, yeah. I tell you what, I know, a great episode, man. I'll give it, you know, eight twin sons out of 10 i guess i don't know but man it was a <laughs> solid solid episode with that For fantastic sure. ending so um before we get to uh what's happening next week in star wars rebels we got uh emails to t- or uh, facebook stuff to talk about mike this was a, a post by bob willicky yeah. who posted to our facebook page you want to you want to take this one and we'll uh, address it real sure quick? sure yeah uh bob writes uh, hi guys great podcast i'm glad i found you here on facebook because I always want to share my comments on the Rebels episodes on, on other Star Wars boards, but no one else seems to care. I hope someone responds here. Anyway, I wanted to share my thoughts on the premiere. 
great episode, but I really have to say the ghost crew was so freaking annoying. <laughs> Especially Sabine and Hera, who in my opinion were so ignorant and snide to Ezra, who received a promotion and was in charge of missions. Executing them almost flawlessly from what I could see, and at worst, the same as before with Kanan. Uh, sorry, the same as before when Kanan slash Hera were in charge slash running uh, into challenges and difficulties. Uh, I know they wanted to show how rash and dark Ezra has become, but the way it was written, it only made Sabine and Hera look spiteful and bitter. To me, their disdain felt overdone. Granted, is Ezra using the dark side? Yes. But they need to remember that he is still very young, and they should be giving him support and guidance instead of browbeating him. Thoughts? Um, and I, I actually I did respond, and, and basically yeah. what I said... Um, and I, I actually talked about it a little bit this episode already. Yeah, we kind of did. Um, yeah, yeah. That Ezra, um, I don't think Ezra was ready for this responsibility. I think that that Hera uh, would agree with me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that she she necessarily feels that Ezra is ready for this. I think that Ezra got thrown into that because of what was happening with Kanan, um, and and I think that, that yeah, Hera understood that. I don't that is Sabine and Zeb. Um, Sabine is sort of catching on to the fact that Ezra is not um, the Jedi that he should be. Um, and, and you know, it, it's very obvious in that moment in the premiere when when um, when Ezra is using the force on the on the walker, on the pigeon walker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that they and when she says, when did Kanan teach you that? Um, she's making a point when she says that. Um, and it's it's very clear. It was clear to me when I saw that. And then if you listen to the Rebel Force Radio interview with Dave Filoni, he makes that abundantly clear that Sabine is questioning some of this stuff. Um, I think Hera certainly knows. Um, you know, she 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 knows from what her father has told her, and from I think a bit of her own experience during the Clone Wars, exactly what a Jedi is supposed to look like. And I think that she knows that that. Ezra's behavior is not in keeping with that, um, and it's certainly not what what Kanan would want to see from him. Um, and and Ezra does get people. I mean, he gets Turbo killed, Turba, Tur- yeah. Turba, killed. Yeah. Um, and and he does he puts people in danger. And and at one point in the episode, he's ready to just basically murder those mining guild, I uh, I uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um, when he doesn't need to, and, and Sabine is one of the ones who's like, "Hey, no, that's not necessary." Um, I think Zeb's good to go because Zeb is a warrior, and Zeb is like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, if they're if they're going to open fire on us, then they got to be ready to accept the consequences of that, right?" Um, and I think that's a very military approach to it, but um, but not very honorable and certainly not necessary because it wasn't part of their mission. So so I I. I disagree with with uh, with Bob on this. I, I think that that the extent that, that Sabine and Hera go to in in the premiere uh, in dealing with Ezra is acceptable. I do. I but I also agree with him in saying that that he does need support and guidance. But, yeah. Yeah. But they don't understand the dark side. They see a teenager who's been given a command. And they disagree with that. Yeah. And and I think that there's a bit of frustration there. And I think that as as much as in season one it was a very informal rebel cell, um, and then in season two we joined up with the rebellion, and and it became more formal. 
in season three, I think what we're learning is that as formal as it seems, the rebellion that we know at the moment is still very sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're still trying to figure things out. So um, putting a person like Ezra in charge of missions is a dangerous, dangerous thing to do, whether he is a Jedi Padawan or not. Um, yeah. It's a, it's dangerous for Ezra, and it's also dangerous for the people under his command. Yeah. And, and I think that we learned that. You know, I think Ezra learned that. So, yeah, um, yeah. it'll be well, interesting to see how that goes moving forward. Yeah, and, and the thing is, Hera might look like she's being bitter and all that, but again, like like you said, she's in charge of, even though this is a smaller rebellion, we're finding yeah. out that it is not as small as we think, you know, and Hera is kind of, she's the de facto leader of this group, and she also feels this giant responsibility to the rebellion as a whole, Yeah, and she just can't sure. risk that. Um, and and we've even, we saw in last episode, she pulled back on Ezra, like, hey, you know, I'm taking away some of your some of your command um, after you kind of messed up, right? So, as far as like annoying, I don't see them as annoying. I just don't have the vested interest like I do with Kanan and Ezra. For me, this whole series is about what happens to Kanan and Ezra, and everybody yeah. else on this show is kind of on that rung below those two. Um, I'm mean, not necessarily. Maybe Hera a little bit higher than the other, you know, like Sabine and, and Zeb and all them. So, like I said, this is all about where it's going to go with Ezra and Kanan, of course. I think most people would, would realize that. So, I don't see them as annoying. I just see them as characters that are a little lower on the pole as far as importance for me. Um, and I'll just have to say, as far as um, anybody caring, Bob, I care. So I'm here for you, by the way. Yes, Bob. Yeah, yeah I, absolutely. You, we do need to make that point. Yeah. We are here. Yeah. Uh, not only did I respond on Facebook because I, I saw, I like, I read that and I read that part. Like, no one else seems to care. And I was like, no, we care. We care so much. <laughs> All Matt and I want to do is talk Heck to yeah. people about Star Wars. Yeah. So if you guys leave posts on the Facebook page, if you send us emails, no, even if the emails don't always get read or even if every post doesn't get read, we read them all, mm-hmm. right? We read everything, everything that gets uh, oh, yeah. uh, tweeted at, on, on Twitter, everything that gets posted on Facebook, everything that gets emailed to us. We read every single piece of it because we do care. Yeah, um, and there's been a lot of, you know, we've been getting some stuff from, from Twitter lately, so it's kind of yeah. nice to go back and forth with fans and of the show, of Rebels. And... Um, we even got a nice uh, on on iTunes. We got a nice little um, review from Alexander Gates, uh, giving us a nice nice, nice review on nice. on iTunes. So yeah, it's um, yeah, and the show and we, is and getting popular, man. Good. I was looking at the downloads earlier uh, this week, and I saw we got a bump going into season three. So that means we got yeah. new listeners, and yeah, I, so welcome to the show. I, yes. I thank you for tuning in. Uh, for yeah. sure, but uh, but no, you, mail. Uh, sorry, mail. Uh, I'm I'm falling back into front lines uh, territory. <laughs> yeah. uh, Rebels podcast at gmail If you want to write directly to us, um, emails yeah, sure. will definitely be read and most likely be read on the air. So um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's one of the best ways to get in contact with us, and we love hearing from you guys. So keep it up. Yeah, definitely. Thanks again, Bob, for uh, for writing in as well. Next time on Star Wars Rebels, Mike, it is the Antilles Extraction. Sabine goes undercover as a cadet in the Empire's Elite Flight Academy to help free several young pilots 
uh, several young pilots who want to defect to the rebellion. So check out this clip here. Something wrong, Wedge? Uh, no. Why? You just look nervous. Actually, I've been thinking about what you said in the simulator today, about how this wasn't what you signed up for. Look, I want to do my part for the Empire. Firing on unarmed ships wasn't what I had in mind. What about you? I was flying cargo ships when the Empire recruited me. At the time, I figured, why not? It seemed a whole lot more exciting than hauling spare parts around the galaxy. But if this is what the Empire is becoming, I don't know. Hmm. You ever think about getting out? That's not really possible, is it? Maybe more possible than you realize. What are you talking about? My real name is Sabine Wren. I was sent in to get you out. So the Rebellion did get my message. Yes, but I heard there were other pilots who want out too. There are. Okay, we need to leave now, before the Empire closes in. Can you get them ready? I'll talk to them. What's your plan? I'll tell you when I figure that out. Are you serious? Welcome to the Rebellion. Wow, Mike, we're gonna get uh, Wedge, he's back. You know, yeah. obviously a cult favorite as far as uh, Star Wars fans go, and uh, we're getting him in Rebels sure. now, which is, this is what I said earlier, man. I just love seeing characters from whether it's Clone Wars or or people that were in the original trilogy, and we're getting some we're getting some backstory, some uh, or uh, not necessarily backstory, but his intro story, whatever you want to call it. So uh, I'm pretty excited yeah. about this one, man. I'd love to see. Uh, it looks like we're going to get some good action too, as well, some dogfighting, totally. uh, some space battles. So uh, totally. all all thumbs up for this one. So yeah, that I'm is coming psyched. up next week. You psyched up? Yeah, me too. Me too, man. Looking forward to some young wedge coming at us. But that will do it for this episode, folks. Yep. That's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, uh, where Tim does the best job ever of keeping you guys in the know with everything going on with Star Wars Rebels. Uh, if you, uh, or sorry, you can also follow us. I was jumping ahead to the Thunderquack stuff. You can also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rebelspodcast as well as on Twitter, at Rebels Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And Matt is on the Twitter as at the Crankster. That's Crankster with a K. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, of course, if you like the podcast, you can uh, check out other podcasts just like it over at Thunderquack.com uh, because we are part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Uh, and uh, and you know what? If, you, uh, if you've been asking yourself... Why don't I have any Rebels Podcast merch? Well, that's because you haven't gone to thunderquack.com slash store uh, to check out what we have on offer. We got stuff from all of our podcasts. Um, so far, we got stuff from Rebels. We got stuff from Quiver. We've got stuff from Double uh, X Files. Uh, we will have stuff probably by the time this episode goes up or soon after. We will have stuff from Talking Time Lord. So if you're a Doctor Who fan, that'll be up there. Um, and that's just a that's that's just what we've got to get started. So we'll we'll be adding more stuff uh, as as we go along. Um, but uh, thunderquack.com/store to check that out. It'll redirect you to our Redbubble store where you can uh, it not you know you can get shirts, you can get phone cases, you can get um, there's a scarf design for for Quiver which I'm like just it's the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah, pillows, tote bags, all sorts of stuff. So check that out. Um, and every penny goes back into helping make 
uh, I, both this podcast and the other podcasts on the network uh, even better. So you get cool merch, one of a kind stuff. Um, so you can be super duper hipster and uh, and you know sport logos from podcasts no one's ever heard of, uh, <laughs> and it helps us. Uh, to support the podcast if you want to support the podcast in another way you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack um patreon is like a subscription service it's kind of like kickstarter uh you go in and and you pledge a certain amount a month and that gives you access to certain perks uh whether that's the uh the facebook group where we have lots of great conversations um, especially now that the TV seasons are back up, we'll be doing a lot of talking about Arrow, a lot of talking about The Flash, a lot of talking about Star Wars Rebels. But, uh, you know, most often what we talk about is new trailers and that sort of thing. So uh, there's some really cool movies coming out and new trailers dropping all the time. So there's always stuff to check out there. Um, it's a really cool community that we've got going. Um, the other exclusives are uh, MP3s of our uh, uh, YouTube roundtables that we do. Um, which uh, that's the only way to get the mp3 as well as exclusive access to the thunder quack podcast which is uh, the podcast just for thunder quack patreon supporters at the ten dollar level and above so patreon.com slash thunder quack helps us keep the lights on helps us upgrade our equipment um, helps us start new podcasts so if you love the podcasts uh, that are provided by thunder quack then head over there to support us um, that is it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, and we will be back next week with the Antilles in- Extraction. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week.